We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. This is that I made a noise like this. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid, Mom. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. Are you the fan. Hour number three of Danny and Dusty. This time it actually is hour number three, right? Hey, check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> check out the big brain on Brad. All right, uh, we do not have uh, Vanilla Ice for our next guest, uh, but that is okay because uh, she gets top billing at the top of this hour right now. It is time that we bring on now from BeaverBlitz.com, uh, Angie Machado, kind enough to join us. Hi, Angie. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Look, it doesn't get much uh, bigger than what we have right now with Oregon and Oregon State. It's been a decade in the making to have two ranked teams here in this rivalry game. And there's a ton to play for right now. For for Oregon, it is a chance in the conference championship game. Uh, but for Oregon State, it's to keep a 10-win season alive. And how can you put into words, Angie, just how important it would be for Oregon State if they were to get to this ninth win and then have that opportunity to get a 10th win in uh, 2022? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think it's really difficult because, I mean, well, I picked a 10-win season this season. Most people laughed at me and thought I was crazy. Um, and they, most people, you know, fans, you know, big-time boosters were all kind of thinking that 7-8 win season. So, um, you know, this is a team that has struggled for so long, and it really has come from really the bottom when, when Coach Smith took over. I have not seen this program maybe at such a low point. And so to be able to turn it around and actually have the Civil War mean something is, um, I think it, it's huge. Now, uh, with with Oregon State, we're seeing kind of, we talked the last time we talked, it was like the mash unit coming out um, of a couple of weeks ago and how banged up everyone uh, was. They're starting to get a, a little bit healthier, and they put up an impressive win at Arizona State. I know that the Sun Devils are going through a lot, but 31-7 on a place where Oregon State has been really good, and they haven't won games in the past. They're now, they were 1-19 since 1972 he- heading into Tempe. Um, this resilience of of this team um, as they have gone through this season has, has been the impressive part for me because they were trying to figure out a lot of the pieces. Um, what have you seen about this team's depth as the season has gone on? Because there were a lot of question marks that have been answered because of injury, because of you know just different guys stepping up throughout the course of the year. Yeah, I think it kind of starts with the – the veteranness and the veteran leaders of the team, you know, whether that's on the offensive line with Brandon Kipper, Josh Gray, some of those guys to the defensive side with, you know, you can't, you can't ignore like Jaden Grant. Someone been on the program for seven yeah. years. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I was, especially Cal, I, when those guys started going yeah. down a couple weeks ago, I mean, it was like one after the other, after another, 
Um, I really, especially on the offensive line, I, I, you had Marco Brewer, who was already out for the season, and then you lost two more guys at Cal or against Cal. I, I was, I, I kind of was like, okay, we'll see what they can do. And those young guys actually stepped up. And our resident offensive line guru, Peter Osborne, has played offensive line at, at Willamette University, knows the position so well. And he's breaking down, kind of watching. He always watches the alignment, and he's texting me during the game going, these guys are looking great. You know, I mean, they're a little smaller, a little more undersized, but not really missing missing a beat. So um, I think that's been the biggest surprise. Obviously, Jack Velling has been a big surprise when, you know, your top tight end, Luke Musgrave, who was really expected to be a huge mm-hmm. piece of this offense, went down game two um, to have, you know, Velling kind of stepping up. I, I still think the quarterback is the biggest question mark with it with his team, um, you know, and, and, and it is the biggest limitation you know it's kind of how well the quarterback plays is is how well the team plays we're talking with angie machado from beaverblitz.com you know this is you mentioned that offensive line and recruiting is the lifeblood of your program and the the beeves aren't going to be you know top five recruiter uh in the country but they find they have a they have a system and they have a type of player that they they go after and on the lines it is so important um, to to have that kind of system because offensive linemen don't grow on trees. Can you talk about that development and and what go what are they looking for on the recruiting trail? Because these aren't guys aren't coming in at you know whether it's two eighty five or or three hundred pounds that they're growing to. Um, they're taking some flyers on some undersized guys that end up bulking up and getting to that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at Josh Gray. Um, key example, I, I actually just stumbled upon his film review when he was a senior in high school. He was uh, 245 when he signed with Oregon <laughs> oh State. Goodness. So they they did gray shirt him. So he had, you know, he came yeah. in the following year. But, you know, here's a 300-pounder going to be looking, you know, NFL draft here. So, um, you know, really it, it starts with Coach Mahalachek, probably one of the top, probably top five developers on offensive lines in the country. Um, just an amazing job. But he, he does. He has kind of a blueprint he wants guys that are long. He wants very athletic feet. Um, he can put weight on you, but he 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 doesn't want to lose that athleticism. And then just the, the agility, you know, that's another piece of it. And then uh, nastiness. He he wants guys that are going to play nasty, chip on their shoulder. And, and at the end of the day, his key, too, is guys that want to be at Oregon State because you can't develop guys. You can't spend a ton of time developing them only to have them jump in the portal. You, you need to develop them and have them ready to go in the system. So that's another key, huge piece, you know, this whole recruiting, whether that's offensive linemen or, or defensive backs. Oregon State does take some flyers on guys that, you know, maybe need a year or two in the system, and you need those guys to stick around. And so that's, that's been a key part, too, is guys that buy into the system and, and want to be in Corvallis and, and want to see the success there. Guys that want to be at Oregon State, when Jonathan Smith took over this program, they were they were hard to find, and they found a class of guys that wanted to be there. Now looking at this senior class, what is the legacy of this senior class going to be? Because when they came to Oregon State, the program was in a in a bad place because of Gary Anderson and the way that he left it. Yeah, you you talk. It's it's interesting you said that bad place. The guys that you know were on the program with Jonathan Smith. I mean, I, I got, I've gotten to know parents and, and grandparents and family and players over the years. And I had parents calling me saying, my kid doesn't even like football anymore. Oh. 
he he hates football. So, you know, this is a, a grueling sport. You can't just not like football anymore. So that is where this place, this is where when Jonathan Smith took over, that is where the culture was. You had guys that were fighting in the, amongst themselves in the locker room. They didn't like the sport. They were kind of just done. Um, so to build that culture and then the legacy that these guys, I mean, seriously, you look at, you know, it's, it's year over year. They've taken a little step forward, a little step forward, a little step forward. And, and now this year, I mean, they're still not maybe the elite of the conference, but they are right there knocking on the door. So um, I, I don't think that can be discounted um, when you look at the legacy they're leaving and, and the fact that, wow, when they came, when, when Jonathan Smith came in, you know, you're winning one or two games and now, you know, your nine, eight, nine, ten win season is, is within reason. And, you know, you look at two of your losses to two of the top programs in the, in the conference were by three points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, USC, you can say how you want, but Oregon State held them, had them on the ropes yep. until, you know, an interception. And then that last drive by Caleb Williams. So um, lost to Washington by three points on the road. So um, it's, a, it's a program that has gone from barely being able to compete to then competing at home to winning at home now actually winning some road games and you know you can the last two games against Cal and, and ASU yeah they're struggling both those teams but they both have talent on them and for Oregon State to basically just shut them down offensively especially Cal's offense you know I, I expected Cal's offense to score way more point, points than they did so um, I think that's another huge story of this year's team is what Trent Bray has done with the defense oh. um, I, I mean so I, w- I was blown away when he wasn't on the Broyles award finalist list yesterday because this was a defense that was ranked in the last maybe you know what 120 to 129 in most categories under Tim Tibisar and now in one year with basically the same roster Bray has them playing in the upper part of the Pac-12 and um, you know number one run defense and um, scoring defense and yeah it's it's been remarkable what we've seen the turnaround be. Heading into uh, this game on Saturday, the Civil War against Oregon, uh, where's the advantage that you see um, being the most in favor of the Oregon State Beavers? Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a tough battle. I, I think the home field, I think that helps. That mm-hmm. you can't you know discount that. It's going to be a rowdy crowd, even with just one side of the stadium with with fans in it. it it's been loud and rowdy. I, I look at what USC, what they did with USC, and you know, Caleb Williams couldn't even, you know, hear himself think out there. So that'll be a big part. But I think if you look at matchup, it's going to be Oregon State's passing game against U of O's uh, pass defense. And I worry a bit about that just because Oregon State's passing game has not been great yeah. this year. But, um, you know, U of O's pass defense isn't isn't all that great either. So um, that's, that's the matchup, I think, in my opinion. Um, the key and if Oregon State is able to do some things on offense because we know Oregon's going to try to stop the run um, it'll be interesting to see you know how this game stacks out yeah and and, I mean running the ball obviously is is going to be huge for Oregon State that's kind of the the motor to this offense is uh, gets it rolling Damian Martinez we've seen grow from a freshman at the beginning of the year into the workhorse back Um, I love, though, the maturity that, that you see from guys between the years as the season goes on. We can see physically what Damian Martinez is as an athlete. How has he grown as a football player and kind of a, a, a leader of this team, though, being the freshman workhorse back? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, because that's another big key is, you know, you look at Oregon State players, and a lot of them are have grown a lot, just like you said, between the years. They're, they're smart football players. 
Um, I think that's been his biggest key. I, I know I came on your show, you know, before the season, and I made the bold predict- prediction that he'd be starter by game three. Yeah. I think it took to game five because I think his biggest thing he worked on was it was the blocking schemes and really being able to pick up um, his assignment on, on blocking plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that down. And, and what you're watching him do, it's it's crazy. You know, I, I remember saying, you know, this summer that he could be the best freshman I've seen since Jaquiz Rogers. And that was bold. But now he, with his fifth 100-yard rushing game in a row, he now is tied with Steven Jackson. So um, for five, Quiz had four consecutive 100-yard games wow. as, a, as a true freshman. Steven Jackson had five. So um, two more games left for young Mr. Damian Martinez. So we might be seeing even, even a, a bigger historic jump for him. All right, Angie, um, because it is a holiday week, um, I know it's only Tuesday. This is hard to get predictions on Tuesday, but um, wh- how do you see this game uh, coming out? The 126th installment of uh, formerly called yeah. the Civil War against the Ducks and the Beefs. Yeah, see, I said call it the Civil War. Yes, <laughs> I'm old school, but it is Civil War. I, you know, anything can happen. I, I haven't sat down and actually penned my, my prediction yet. I think it's hard to pick. I, I think from my head standpoint, it's hard to pick the Beavers to win because I think um, depending on how healthy Bo Nix is, I, I, what I them do against Utah was crazy. Yeah. So um, I, I do think Oregon has the, the – the edge but god it's civil war and you never know what can happen there it can get weird and it, so, it usually does get weird on saturdays in the civil war so see i can't i can't give you a score I, <laughs> right now my, my head's telling me that oregon wins a close one yeah um so that's my head but um you know it is civil war and yes i did go to oregon state and i write for an oregon state centric site so i cater to oregon state fans mm-hmm. so then then the heart comes in and says Beefs win big, so yeah, that's right. There <laughs> no, you go. I, I think it's going to be a really close game, and um, like I said, right now I'm leaning probably toward a duck, maybe a three, another three point, but um, home field, emotional day, stranger things have happened. Absolutely, especially with the senior class, um, the emotions are going to be running high with how important this senior class has been. Uh, to the Oregon State Beavers. I mean, you got guys like Jane Grant, like you mentioned. We did a full interview talking Oregon State football and did not talk about Jack Coletto, uh, who will be recognized uh, uh, on Senior Day as well, his importance to this program. I mean, this this class is going to go down uh, in in the history books for Oregon State as the one that turned it around yeah. for the Beavs. So, Angie, thank you so much for the time, and um, we'll, hopefully we'll catch up with you sometime soon. Yeah, I just want to let your uh, listeners know, too, if you're looking at Beaver Blitz, we are running our Black Friday 75% off promo. Let's go. No better time than right now to jump on. $26.85 for a full year. And that's Duck Territory, Beaver Blitz. You pick, pick your poison. We got you covered. All right. Beaverblitz.com. Angie Machado, Angie, thank you so much, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You guys, too. All right. There she is. Look, this game is – this is going to be – Rivalry games get weird. We know rivalry games get weird. But, I mean, Duck fans know this. They saw it just a couple weeks ago against UW. Um, emotions are going to be high. Because, I mean, think of this. Think of the people that they are going to be recognizing on senior night. And I think with Oregon, you got a little boost because of the guys that uh, were, were recognized for the, for Oregon, you know, for those four offensive linemen. You had Bo Nix. You had these guys that came in like Chase Cota who have meant so much in kind of turning around um, what Oregon was and going to that first Rose Bowl when, when Cristobal 
was the head coach and just kind of that mark of change and how the big role that they played of changing the identity of Oregon football in the trenches. You got a little boost there. Now you talk about that for Oregon State. We I mentioned Jack Coletto and you've got um Jaden Grant, but Rajon Wright is a uh is a senior this year as well. I, I still can't believe it just seems like Omar Spates has been at Oregon State like forever. But you got Treshawn Harrison and Tyjon Lindsay and you know, with the COVID year it's always so weird to see like what guys may return and which guys aren't gonna return because everybody got a freebie that in that 2020 season, but this is going to be one of those senior classes that they're going to go down as the one that turned it around for Jonathan Smith. And we'll see kind of where the beast program goes from here. I'm pumped for this game. I think if they cannot run the ball, it'll be a long day for the beast. And Oregon is very good against the run. That is the one thing that you sit there and you go, okay, if you can neutralize Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick in that running attack, then it's Ben Goldbranson, go ahead and try to beat us. And that one, to me, Oregon State is a quarterback away from being one of, if not the scariest, one of the scariest teams in the Pac-12. If they had a dynamic quarterback, they would be dangerous. But I think that's what Oregon's going to do. They're going to they're gonna say, we are going to make the quarterback beat us. And can number 17 do it? 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. This is Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is how we do it. The Arizona Cardinals were a meme in the NFL. It would be the dog sitting in the house with his cup of coffee as the house is burning down, saying this is fine. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, I heard in your updates there, Rust, have fired offensive line coach slash running game coordinator Sean Kugler after an incident in Mexico City on Sunday night. Oh. Sounds good. Um, now, Kugler is one of those guys that he he's one of those well-respected line coaches in the NFL. Uh, basically, they believe, you know, the offensive line folks say they don't got a lot of talent on that Cardinals team, and Kugler maximizes it. He's a good coach. Uh, this is not a firing that is uh, performance-based. Uh, an incident that happened Sunday night in Mexico City. <laughs> I do not know what that means. What Cliff Kingsbury said was, we relieved him of his duties, and he was sent home Monday morning prior to the game. It's challenging anytime you make a staff change in that type of manner. So something happened where they couldn't even keep him on staff for Monday night's game. It happened Sunday night, and I don't know if this is a fight that he had with coaches or management. Um, I don't know if this is like an arrest that happened where he went out in Mexico City and uh, tied one on on the Sunday night, which definitely wouldn't be out of the out of the question. Um, we don't know the details. 
<clears throat> but this organization is kind of a dumpster fire right now. Remember when it started with the fight that um, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray had on the sideline? It was like, oh, a rift between the two. This is where it starts unraveling for them. Yeah, well, no, there's more. Because they cut Eno Benjamin, which he's an Arizona State product. He's a guy that Cardinals fans liked and loved. And um, hard knocks, they're doing a hard knocks, in-season hard knocks. Which, what a great time to be doing in-season hard knocks. Except for they're not showing the good stuff. They're not giving us the goods. They said that they were going to air the Eno Benjamin getting cut. And now they're calling takebacks on it and saying, no, 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 no. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. No counties. We had our fingers crossed when we said it, jerks. Uh, and they're saying, nope, not going to air that. And that leads me to believe that we're not going to find out what this incident is. Because if you want to get me to watch an in-season hard knocks on the Arizona football Cardinals, who are not good on the field, no. but give me some drama off the field, I want to know what happened with Sean Coogler. Give me the beef. If it's a fight, so be it. And you know what? If the Cardinals are the ones that are saying, yeah, no, we're not going to air this dirty laundry. At what point if you're management and if you're Steve Kime, the GM, you're like, all right, like we're going to fire Cliff Kingsbury anyways. So let's give us some ammo and just say, hey, this is the dumpster fire and he's the head coach and boom. Because apparently – uh, Michael Bidwell, the owner, apparently he loves Steve Kime, the GM. And, and Kime has almost lost his job several times. I will point you to the uh, was it Steve Wilkes, Josh Rosen draft that yeah. he drafted a quarterback in back-to-back first-round picks. Yeah. And he still was not fired for it. <laughs> he had a head coach for a year, and he was not fired for that. Like, this is a, they love them some Steve Kime, and they said, hey, you need to get it together or you're going to be on your way out. They have. Well, was he responsible for the uh, uh, the kerfuffle over the clause in Kyler Murray's contract, too? Uh, well, he's, as in the general manager, the time? I, would, uh, I would assume that that would be something that he would be in charge of, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another notch in the belt. And he has not been canned, even though he it was like, and think of, Arizona's made some great moves, and their roster is not it's not a team that should be 4 and 7 right now in the spiral of dysfunction that they are. Now they have been in, they have been banged up and injured, but you have got James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore is not a bad wide receiver. They have Robbie Anderson on this team. You have AJ Green, Marquise Brown who's hurt. Um those wide that wide receiving core is good. Like that is a great wide receiving core. Um, Zach Ertz is out and in, is injured, but he's been your tight end on, on the defensive side. You you've got JJ Watts still giving you production snaps. Byron Murphy has been great at times. Isaiah Simmons has had his ups and downs and has been a bit of a roller coaster. You got Buda Baker at safety. Like they have got some dudes on that team where you go, how are you this bad? It's culture. We just got done talking with Angie Machado and Jonathan Smith has instituted a great culture at Oregon State. Mario Cristobal had a a lot of flaws as a game management and coach. He instituted a very good culture at Oregon and had a very good recruiting, had very good recruiting prowess. He did do that at Oregon. Dan Lanning 
it's a far different culture. It's more of like, it seems like it's more family oriented, love on each other and be there for each other um, kind of culture. But he is doing a very good job in year one of instituting a culture at Oregon. It's not just a college football thing. It works in the NFL too. And it's more business oriented and it's not as much family and love, 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 love. But culture is in the NFL. It is respect it is not getting in the way of you and your family and your family's business because you got grown ass men who are adults here and they've got families that they are attending to. But it also is within that respect of each other and coaches, it's getting everybody to pull in the same direction is, is more than anything else is how, how can we get guys to, to pull in the same direction? It's not love each other up. We're a big family. Rah, rah. No, it's the NFL. Like, this is, you got you got professionals, but how can you get people to pull in the same direction? It seems like with the Cardinals, they're pulling in eight different ways, and it's it is time to hit a hard reset. And I want to see it on Hard Knocks. I want to see it all on Hard Knocks. That's what the show's for, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, does do hard knocks get any more than firing a damn coach in Mexico City, right? And then sending him on a plane ride home. And this is the kicker of all of it: you're in another country, and you're sending the guy home. You're like you're just packing him up and sending him in the Uber to the airport and saying, "Have fun flying commercially, bro." Hey man, why don't you take your butt out of here? Why don't you take your butt out of here, Jim Moore Jr. <laughs> Uh, just to get in one more dig on Mario Cristobal because I enjoy it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think we've talked about it on the show yet the last couple of days. Miami on Saturday. Uh, I think it was eight yards of total offense in the first half and finished the game with, I want to say, 98 yards of total offense. But how much grit <laughs> can you, I mean, how many yards of grit did they have? <laughs> Is that a lot? <laughs> did any of the parents come and pick their kids up? Uh, and take him home, because he asked for that this past week. He certainly did. It's a thing that happened. I I didn't even see the score of the Miami game. What? Uh, how bad I don't remember was the, the score, but it was. I mean, holy balls, forty to ten. Yeah, I that is a game I completely missed. They lost forty to ten. Yeah, ninety-eight yards of total offense. Well, it's a good thing they kicked that field goal in the third quarter to go down twenty-four to three. All right. You know what I'm going to do? Write me out now. Text PKI to 503-250-1080. And you can enter for your chance to win tickets for six sessions of the PKI and Phil Knight Legacy Men's and Women's Basketball Tournaments happening November 24th through the 27th at Moda Center, Memorial Coliseum, and the Child Center. Again, PKI. Text it to 503-250-1080. Um... Message and data rates apply. Please don't text and drive. Visit 1080thefan.com for complete details. Again, PKI to 503-250-1080. That's 503-250-1080. P-K-I. Three letters. They enter you for a chance to win uh, tickets to six sessions of the PKI and Phil Knight Legacy Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament. Right now is Rust with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Time, 
Okay, um, we were talking a lot of uh, Civil War or Oregon, Oregon State. I'm just, it's so damn hard for me, Russ, to get through this. It's not Civil War anymore. Um, but in the world of college football, there is a report out there that uh, one team that the coaching carousel got rolling early. Remember when Scott Frost got canned? That seems yes. like eons ago. It certainly does. Um, now there are reports that are out there. According to uh, the Swasses, Dennis Dodd is reporting that Matt Rule has turned down Nebraska for their head coaching job. Matt Rule, he of fired Carolina Panthers coach, <laughs> who, if you're talking about a guy with with uh, NFL chops or college football chops, Matt Rule has won everywhere he's gone. Think, he won at Temple. Yeah. Temple, the Owls. Where, what, your biggest booster is Bill Cosby? You don't want him to go into those pockets anymore. Um, don't or throw that, that pudding. <laughs> no, you don't. Look, the pudding pops. <laughs> the roofies. Um, but Matt Rule won at Temple, and then he took over a Baylor program. Speaking of horrible people, yes. Baylor, um, and he won there. And so if you want to talk about a guy that can do it with a lack of resources, with a horrible perception publicly, but can find guys that fits his system and can recruit his butt off despite all the things going against him, Matt Rule turned down Nebraska, according to Dennis Dennis Dodd, which if you're an Oregon fan, that might be very good news for you. Because if Matt Rule doesn't want Nebraska, maybe he wants Arizona State, and you can keep Kenny Dillingham for Ooh, another year. Because that is he is a name that has been uh, floor, floated in that orbit of um, the Arizona State job as well. Um, but he may go to Auburn, where there was a really weird report yesterday uh, that I just don't understand. I don't. I, I am really having a tough time with it. Uh, but Danny, in his uh, little COVID fever dreams, uh, was texting us in our group chat. John Sokoloff, um, not sure who John is, got a really cool last name. Um, he said, sources, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach Friday and head to Auburn to coach the Tigers, to be the Tigers' next head coach, according to sources. Sources say, Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet, so Lane to Auburn is happening. Story soon. Uh, to which uh, Lane Kiffin tweeted, that's news to me, John. Face palm. Nice sources. Uh, well, that would, that one just don't make no, that, that's like wiping before you take a poop. That don't make no sense. <laughs> it, Ole Miss, in, and now I know Auburn has won a national championship, played for another you know, in the last 11 years. But he has got it. Lane Kiffin has a good thing going at Ole Miss right now. And the the most head-scratching part about that is in the report, he's like he's going to step down on Friday, the day after the Egg Bowl, because the Egg Bowl, Mississippi Mississippi State, is tomorrow. Yes. And so they're saying, after the Egg Bowl, he's going to step down and take the Auburn job. Now, I may have egg on my face if Lane Kiffin ultimately does take that Auburn job on Friday. I just don't – If you, Ole Miss is a better job right now than, than Auburn is because of the dysfunction. And Lane Kiffin 
has done a very good job of reining everybody in at Ole Miss in, in fi- because they had a lot of the same issues that Auburn has had and plagued them, which is several different boosters all pulling in different directions, too many cooks in the kitchen, too many people with power, and it has run people out of that program uh, before. Hugh Freeze did a really good job of reining them in in between his massages that he was getting um, and paying uh, players illegally. But Lane Kiffin has done a fantastic job of winning at Ole Miss in getting that program into. You don't hear about the outside stuff anymore at Ole Miss. Why would he go to a place where that's all there is is noise, noise, noise in Auburn? Because that's all that is all there is is it, it's a bunch of noise. I would I know it is an SEC job. I know that it is a place that had they have won before. I. I would not want that Auburn gig because of the people surrounding the program, not not the people within it, the players, and, and the admins really even at, at Auburn as well. If there's one thing Lane Kiffin is not, it is predictable. That's a fact, Jack. And, you know, it's not like and he has already dealt with a place where they've got, you know, a bunch of crazy people running things, i.e. the Raiders. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure how much he wants to go back to another situation like that. Ugh. Man, but um, so that was a weird story coming out of yesterday that I wouldn't buy and I still don't buy, and I get. I guess we'll see. I guess. I guess we'll see come I'm, Friday. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> um. So the coaching carousel going to be continuing to go around, but right now, hey, after this weekend, there's going to be jobs opening up, and you know, there's going to be a lot of jobs that are going to be jumped because. We have these openings. We have Auburn open. You've got Arizona State open. You've got Colorado, uh, which which is open right now. And so in Nebraska and Wisconsin. Don't forget Wisconsin. we got five jobs that are Power 5 gigs. Um, so there's going to be a lot of movement, and it's going to be starting after this weekend's action. 503-250-1080 gets you set for... Uh, What's coming up today on The Fan? Danny and Dusty. One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up like a sex machine. Get on up. Get up, get on up. Danny get and up, Dusty on the Odyssey on app at 1080. The, the Fan. Like sex machine. Hi, Everett Roth is in the building, folks. Isaac Roth getting ready for a prime time with Isaac in two. I hope he's here. They're on in like nine minutes. Yeah, so that's how you know at least part of the show is going to start. But um, he came in, and I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to take in this final segment on the casting couch over there in the corner. But no, he just put his bag down and he walked out abruptly, um, and he left. Usually, but, you're taking something else on the casting couch. What do you mean? What do you take? Nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, to, hey, tomorrow we've got a uh, another great radio show for you as we will have Ryan Horvat on tomorrow, one thirty. He is uh, he, he'll get the betting angle on this weekend's big games. I love Thanksgiving weekend because you have awesome games. Like even if you have a clunker, like we just said, you get games like uh, the Egg Bowl, uh, which is on Thursday too. So you get a little college and NFL action on uh, Thursday. You get football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's awesome, and I can't wait for it. So we'll have Horvat on tomorrow at one thirty. We'll have uh, Eric Scopel on from Duck Territory. We'll get the Ducks perspective 
on uh, all things Oregon and Oregon State as we uh, get set Saturday, man. 8 a.m. is when the pregame starts, leading you up to a 12:30 kick between the Ducks and the Beavs. Yes, sir. I'll um, be here bright and early, man on the board for the center and the Saint. Man in the board, Jeff Rust. <laughs> uh, but all eyes are going to be on the health of Bo Nix heading into this one because he didn't look good, man, at the end of that um, Utah game. The second half, you could tell that that Toradol shot was wearing off, yes, and sir. he was on the struggle bus. Yes. Um, so all eyes are going to be on Nix and his health as, as they get ready for uh, Oregon State. Yep. Well, he provided an update with the media today. Mm. What did he say? Uh, he says he's, he's expected to play after being a game-time decision last week, and his mm-hmm. quote says uh, it's doing well, a lot better this Tuesday than it was last Tuesday. Our training staff is doing a great job, and we're just monitoring it. it uh, we should be good to go. He's good. <laughs> GTG, good to go. Good to Let's go. go. That's um, from our friend Eric Scopel, who will be on tomorrow at 1 o'clock. He will be on tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So 1 o'clock, one o'clock hour, very busy. Scopel, yeah. uh, Horvat, we're, we're going to be locked in. And then we got we got to get our picks in tomorrow because we won't be here on Thursday. Ooh, correct, yeah. So we need to get picky. We need to make sure that Danny gets his picks in um, as well uh, because the, the heater continued. 2-0-1 oh, again Oof. this week. I went 1-2. and two. The the heaters on we're on it we're on here we're ripping through them. If it weren't for a missed uh, block in the back call on a punt return for a touchdown, shut your mouth. I would have kissed my sister on that one and wound up one and one or one one and one most likely because they would have had to kick a field goal. Hmm. All right, but you know, hey, if you missed any of today's show, go and check it out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast at ten eighty thefan dot com. Um, we talked to Danny Meringue. He was on the show today because he was our worst day on the web because of. What I think is an atrocious take on uh, stuffing, and he said it doesn't matter who makes it. Stuffing is overrated, and you just convince yourself you like it because someone else to make someone else in your life happy. It's very mid. And um, we talked about just uh, throwing that hand grenade in the middle of the living room and walking out. And uh, I feel like he walked it back a little bit, and we found some middle ground. We found some middle ground with the worst day on the web today. He he's not a fan of stuffing. Dressing, he is more for. Yep. Um, See, and I just figured he was lumping them all together. I, that's what it felt As like. most people do. That's what it felt like. But it was also the personal attack of uh, it doesn't matter who makes it. You're just yeah. you're just saying you like it to make somebody <laughs> else happy. No. I like it because I like it. Yes. I, I, I just like stuffing. Okay? <laughs> Get off me. <laughs> um, be uh, thinking of... Best and worst uh, Thanksgiving dishes though, for tomorrow, um, and we will go over uh, our Thanksgiving etiquette yeah. and tips well, also of how will... to start a fight at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I also will not take any green bean casserole slander. Okay, I, that's less that's less controversial than stuffing. Yeah. But uh, okay, if that's the hill you want to die on, if that's your hill, we'll, we'll kill you on it tomorrow, bud. All right, all right. Hey, that's where we gotta get our vegetables all slathered with cream of mushroom soup and throw some bacon in there. You know, hey, buddy, if that ain't the best part of Thanksgiving, the fact that even our vegetables are just either salted or fattened up or just covered in brown sugar and little marshmallows on top, I love it. And you know what? Thanksgiving is Amer- uniquely American. Absolutely. And that is the most American thing you can do is that it that this holiday is so unhealthy even the healthy things are unhealthy. Right? Yeah. I mean I don't need I don't need a reason to be, you know, a gluttonous turd, but I'll take one. Okay. 
And what do you do if you're in? Uh, this is a question that I have, and I can't, I can't let it go. I want you all to think about this. What do you do if you are? Your only option is a vegan Thanksgiving. Ooh. <laughs> think Ooh. about that for tomorrow. That's rough. Yeah, I got a cousin; she's vegan. Boy, but uh, yeah, I got somebody that yeah, and um, we, we can discuss that. All right, let's. Uh, Let's get this show on the road. Primetime, Isaac and Suga, they are back and in studio. Coming up next from 3 to 7, have a great Tuesday. See you Wednesday from noon to 3 right here on 1080 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.